Two Kingdom Tuesday, and uh, usually back to our Escondido theology, but we're going to take a break for this one. Got something interesting. Stay with us. Andre, what's going on? What's happening, bro? What the heck are you doing on Two Kingdom Tuesday? This is my slot. I don't know, bro. I don't know. This, this stuff is bleeding out of control. It's just running telling over you. everything. Telling you. I mean, we're all about the Wednesday, messing around, yeah. messing around on Wednesdays. But Tuesday, I mean, that's that's encroaching. <laughs> totally. What are you doing in my slot? One time. Yeah. One time. I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying the the, uh, the stuff you've been doing though with um, with Chris and Nick. With Chris and Nick, that's not my slot. I don't do. I do Two Kingdom Tuesday solo, baby. What? Yeah. I thought you were doing that with Chris. No, that's Meredith Monday. Uh, they all sound so similar, bro. I don't mm, know. Totally different. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, One. But, okay, so I, I thought we'd interrupt this uh, this bulletin, this broadcast, mm-hmm. uh, with um, something that you sent me, and I'm just trying to find it, um, from who was the guy? Um, well, it's on the St. Helens Bishop's Gate right website and st helens is your old jam right just tell people yeah i did yeah so st helens bishop's gate is quite a quite famous church in london it's right in the square miles it's the the financial district of london so it's like where all the serious business happens and um it started with dick lucas people may know Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. a, a group of wealthy businessmen basically clubbed together to employ a vicar Mm-hmm. to come and give talks on a on a lunchtime meeting mm-hmm. um, to businessmen. So they ran a service on Tuesdays and Thursdays at lunch uh, during the lunch break mm-hmm. and invited businessmen from the city to come and take their lunch break to come and hear, hear a talk and sing a hymn. And then they could, uh, it developed over time. Mm. And anyway, the, the church grew from there. And so now it's like a mega church uh, that has planted out loads of other churches mm. um, across London and um, is has done it all through like a super conservative expositional ministry strategy. So, mm. yeah, um, interesting, interesting church, great church, um, Anglican and yeah. not at the same time. Um, but at, at the other, um, yeah, something I've always wanted to ask you where do they lean? Is that a one kingdom or two kingdom? sort of leaning vibe dude uh, st helens uh, st helens like on the staff team which mm. is like a hundred plus right yeah. you get uh you get a variety so okay. there are reformed baptists there wow um there are i mean reformed on the baptists senior the staff, Anglican staff yeah yeah oh but That's on the up. senior staff it's all ordained church of england folk okay, right right got it then in the broader staff team, mm-hmm. you know, guys who are in, involved in international work, student work, youth work, um, uh, you know, outreach to businessmen, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really broad spectrum of views, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, ranging from different levels of yeah, all sorts of things. So, um, so that you get quite a lot of variety, but um, I think the yeah, yeah. It's really hard to pinpoint mm-hmm. any one of their views on any of these things. Who, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, the, but the, William Taylor, the rector there, has always been really, really strong on two things. Mm-hmm. So one is that God does his work 
his way in his time, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. by that, he means uh, God works through the exposition of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So that has been like massive. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's always been encouraging us: don't don't look for some silver bullet in ministry. Just mm-hmm. preach and teach the Bible as mm-hmm. often as you can, in any setting that you can, and um, let God do His work through His Word. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the been the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he has always, alongside that, had this kind of theology of the Word, which is a bit unusual, and mm-hmm. that's the thing that you you're talking about as well. Mm-hmm. In that he'll say. Um, the, the, you know, we shouldn't worry about the theology of preaching. Mm-hmm. We should only have a theology of the word. Mm-hmm. So we make too much of preaching. Preaching is important, mm-hmm. but it's not actually preaching that matters. It's the word that matters, which means that if you meet up with someone um, sort of midweek on a, on a Wednesday and you read the Bible them during their lunch break, mm. uh, that is just as powerful as gathering together on a Sunday for preaching. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would emphatically disagree with that. Um, you see, I would too, but I'm a little bit surprised that you're quite so emphatic about it. Right. Yeah, and this is where the two kingdom angle comes in. Um, in fact, I'm not sure if I've dealt with it on the previous Escondido um, episode, but I think we. If I haven't got there yet, I'm getting there soon. Um, but yeah, you have uh, this idea of. I mean, essentially, just to tie it in quickly to the covenants. Uh, and the kingdom, of course, and you sort of think of the same things when you think of those two um, themes of Scripture because um, at the end of the day, you are thinking about the way the kingdom is first offered to Adam um, and this via covenant of works, and then there is a um, a, a wipeout. Adam doesn't make it, as we know, um, mm-hmm. and this to bring in the covenant of grace, which again is an administration of um, the kingdom that will that will be given through the next federal representative. Um, and so, you know, there's the dawning of the, the birth of the kingdom, as it were, in, in, um, in, in this covenantal administration and the preaching of the gospel, etc. So as they believe in the hope set before them, uh, you have a covenant community emerge, and in this covenant community is the kingdom, you know, and, and, and so it moves forward, uh, first in typological ways and ultimately uh, inaugurated and um, f- moving to its final um, uh, consummation in in the new covenant where we are now, but but all of that to say, um, what you have is a sharp distinction there between what has been set up by way of the kingdom of the world um, after the fall. You know, it, it continues um, immediately, even just I think even in the the the, um, the fall and God's declaration that there would be childbirth there would be work there would be these things though they would suffer a curse um that that alone is is really at some level common grace um that only gets furthered as you think about um seth and enosh and cain and the two different sort of uh lineages there and and um cain's city and then that even gets further um uh, elucidated i mean and maybe reauthorized uh, with the rainbow and noah all the way through to the New Testament again, and we know, um, you know, Paul and Rome and his interactions. So just basic two kingdom stuff there. But the the idea then is that within the kingdom, that is the kingdom of redemption, the kingdom that, of God that is um, being sort of uh, alluded to and built up all the way through uh, in the covenant of grace administration. You have a uh, a distinct means of bringing that kingdom into being. 
you have a distinct sacrament for that kingdom. Um, and it's, it's something that is very tied to the Sabbath idea all the way through. And I know we've had a discussion about that. I can't remember exactly where we ended up on that one. But basically, it leads us to a very, very clear um, view of the Lord's Day as a continuation of the Sabbath. Um, and the day itself as being a, 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 an ordinance, um, the, the, the worship service as being an ordinance through which we would enter into um, rest in its in its truth, and so all of these things, you know, together would would leave us with a much higher view of, you know, the Lord's day um, as a day set apart from other days. Um, it would, you know, lead to a um, very high view of the covenantal sacraments and 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 signs and means of administration of the kingdom, you know, as apart from those other things. And I think even just in terms of what we spoke about last time, in terms of piety and pietism, you know, it means that the action is not happening in the Christian life when you read your Bible on a daily basis. The action is happening yeah. primarily when you get together to worship as the Lord's people at that covenant community level where you receive God's primary means of, of blessing or those promised means of grace. So the means of grace, of course, are, are absolutely massive. And that's all it got me thinking along those lines because um, – you know, I think what what did he entitle that talk? Uh, the preaching is not a sacrament, and so obviously he's thinking in terms yes. of a sacrament. Now I don't know that anyone would really say that preaching is a sacrament, uh, but so and he never actually references. He never actually mentions it in the talk. No, he doesn't. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that might have been some other guy just threw a random label on it. Um, yeah. But, you know, for what it's worth, anyway, the idea, I mean, no one says that preaching is a sacrament, but certainly it works so closely with the sacrament in that that's, that's why the sacrament is a sacrament. You know, it goes hand in hand with, with um, uh, it, it is sacramental precisely because it, it yeah. goes hand in hand with the word. And so, you know, in ter- let's say we just straighten that out. I mean, we are saying what I am saying, and it seems like this is not what he is saying, um, is that preaching is something that is... Um, uh, set apart, sacramental, specifically blessed, something different to word ministry at any other level. Yeah. So, so maybe even just to make it more provocative, like prayer, for example, it really comes down to the mm-hmm. means of grace thing, doesn't it? Because prayer, as there is a, um, in, in, the, in the 1689 Confession, for example, prayer is singled out as a, a means of blessing. And they're talking about corporate prayer on the Lord's Day there. Um, and and not private prayer. Now, obviously, that doesn't right. mean that private right. prayer is not important, um, and and that it's a means of of grace in some non technical sense. But it's just that yeah. there is something distinctly promised and distinctly important about um, the way God would administer grace to His people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, there's just that all we're really arguing for is a. Uh, uh, distinctness, a, a set apartness, and that's why you enter into that two kingdom realm. You know, this yeah. to the degree yeah. that you're going to see that kingdom of God. You know, ex- not exclusively, but primarily taking form through the covenant community. It's gathering. Um, you know, you're going to give place to this. Yeah, I, we seem to get we seem to get really hung up on it. Like the, um, you know, Jesus said, "Where well, there are two or more gathered, right." Mm-hmm. And uh, that is talking about the you know gathered is church you know that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. Yeah. So whether or two or more gathered is saying whether or two or more gathered for church 
as you know, gathered in the name of Christ that mm-hmm. is around the word and sacrament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there I am in the midst of you. So Jesus is assigning a special privilege mm. to that particular kind of gathering. And mm-hmm. I just don't know why this is such a, such a, a, a big deal uh, for some folk. Cause it yeah. seems, it seems fairly obvious. I think, um, I think probably what you have is a, is a pendulum swing or a backlash in that, you know, you could see the, the equal problem if, if there was only stuff going on on Sunday, you know, the Sunday Christianity stuff. And really, yeah, you know, yeah, we're into every kind of, every person's critique now of two kingdom theology and Horton's, you know, ecclesial, um, sort of deal. But, um, I mean, no one's saying that and that's the bottom line. It's just, it's just a straw man, you know, it's, it's just saying that there is something distinct about it. And that that's not to say that we, you know, to say that we should be praying at church and there's something distinct about our praying at church is not to say that we shouldn't be praying, you know, yeah. every day. Yeah. And, and likewise, I, think, well, I think it's a big part of the reason why, um, you know, churches don't pray together as much anymore, you know, maybe. Yeah. Or even the Lord's I, day. I really do. Because why pray publicly when you can pray privately? It's much less awkward. Well, you know, you know and that, that flows through into every other facet. I mean, why, you know, it comes down to like, why meet publicly when we could just, yeah, totally. you know, read our Bible and download a sermon or, or yeah. and just hang out on, in some other means or on any other day for that matter. Or, or, um, why even preach the word or why even do the Lord's Supper? Which, you know, I mean, these are real things. We're seeing the landslide in this, you know? Yeah. Totally. And yeah. So, this so is the a- other, the other angle to come at this mm. is the nature of preaching itself. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we, cause I remember us having a brief conversation about this before, but I don't know if we landed in the same place or not. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole thing about preaching as being, you know, that kind of, uh, uh, the, you know, the mouthpiece of God, it's, you know, the Israelites gather around the mountain, mm. they hear the word proclaimed to them through the prophet. And mm. um, while the apostles and prophets obviously have laid the foundation, mm. uh, there is that kind of reenacting mm-hmm. of the of the covenant sign every time we gather. So we do the sacraments and also we, um, uh, we do the Lord's Supper, uh, but also we preach. And th- that's the whole reason why it's not kind of an interactive thing or a dialogue thing is because it's it's in the kind of the drama of the gathering. It mm-hmm. is the reenacting of the Lord speaking to his people. And mm-hmm. so um, it's why the preacher needs to be careful not to say anything that isn't the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's also why uh, the congregation needs to listen intently and respectfully without heckling or interacting or dialoguing or whatever, mm. because that just isn't what that is. Um, so, the, the, you know, preaching does have a theology to it. Like, like this is this is what I what I don't understand. It's it, it is about the word primarily, of course. You know, mm. of course it is. Um, but that doesn't mean that preaching doesn't have some kind of distinct role. And when I asked. Um, uh, William Taylor sort of explicitly about this because um, I, I was at St. Helens a little while ago and I had an opportunity to talk to him about this. And, and he said, uh, you know, I said to him, is preaching purely pra- pragmatic then? If it's mm. all about the word, you know, is it, preaching purely for practical purposes? Mm. And uh, his, his answer to that was yes. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. he believes in preaching, but he believes that preaching is an effective way of reaching yeah. a large group of people. Yeah, and so, it's so dangerous because then as soon as you, I mean, that's the whole thing with dialogue and the emerging church and why so many fell on there. Yeah. You know, it's it's just not as effective as dialogue, guys. You know, let's do something just more exactly. let's, in line yeah. with pedagogy. Any any trained teacher will tell you. Yeah. You know, there, there are much more effective ways to communicate. 
Um, so, and, and what you know, they if, mean if by you're, that if is... you're coming at it from a purely um, pragmatic point of view, you're gonna, you know, there's only a, a limited amount of time before you buckle on that one. Mm, I think mm, totally. Yeah, I mean, you um, you have, I mean, even there, you know, it's it's more effective pedagogically that today for in our understanding for certain purposes and you know that's that's half of the problem the wisdom of god in this whole thing is that he he knows why we need to we need to hear a sermon you know he knows he knows the inner mechanisms of our hearing and the, the those things yeah. that he himself would ordain you know at, at some level it's it's it, it's got to give glory to him it's it's not something that has to be you know that glorifies the 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 efficacy of the communication method necessarily um it's something that that he shows his authority and sovereignty in um it's something that um shows the passivity of the hearer and the action of of the speaker you know um Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. efficacious call it's something that um shows god's service to us in the word you know rather than our um our participation in our own salvation it's just we we sit down as horton says and and shut up <laughs> you know that's it and um and in that yeah. we are saved you know and it's just um, yeah as luther said you know the ear is the only passive organ so you know there's was something it, was about- it horton someone recently has done the um a whole a, a big sort of biblical theology on the whole thing about hearing and listening and how it's basically like essential to the whole biblical concept of of not only salvation but also sanctification so was it horton is somebody i think i might have heard about in the white or sin but somebody's done that recently yeah we'll have yeah there we I, go. I, I um i hear quite regularly is oh well, i'm i'm a visual learner so yeah um the whole thing about kind of learning uh you know through audio yeah that's just not the kind of learner that i am and so i need i need preaching that engages more visually uses powerpoint slides or yeah. something like that or just media, um, yeah yeah exactly um and, and again it might be true and there might be something to that in terms of your usual um you know uh, pedagogical approaches but we're not dealing with simply a teaching thing you know there is a, yeah. a heralding yeah. and announcing a uh, in each moment a redemptive really as a uh, chapel points out you know each each as the spirit attends the preaching of the word you have something redemptive going on in that moment um yeah. and and that's amazing and so it's more than just teaching it's, no. it's something that god would use to save us and sanctify us and yeah, so I mean, you know, he's going to have a certain channel for that, and um, uh, yeah, yeah. And if anyone's in doubt about this, you just need to read through the first three chapters of Corinthians, mm. um, because he, he's making it absolutely explicit mm. that it is it is because of the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit mm. that we are both saved mm. and enriched by the Word of God. Like mm. it is not through wisdom or learning types or intelligence or focus or goodness or our own interest or willpower. None of those things factor into it. It is the supernatural power of the Spirit through the preaching of Christ crucified mm. that both saves us and enriches our Christian lives. And so um, if you walk away from that thinking, yes, but if some people are visual learners, then you are missing the point you know totally. it, it yeah. is it is a supernatural thing but also yeah. i mean just as a matter of of interest i'm i'm not an expert in this field but i did recently come across an article quite by accident 
on the Big Think website, mm -hmm. which uh, debunked the whole theory of different learning types. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, well, and that's the thing. It's always subject to change. And, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. that's that's we're going to work within our own understanding and paradigm. And part of the whole thing here is to just hear that, you know, there is God's wisdom being set forth in his approach. And surely he's the one that knows the best way, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, and so one way or another, it's a good idea to submit to that. Um, yeah. yeah. So this brings me, brings me to another related hot button issue, this time not coming so much from the conservative Anglican side, mm -hmm. but more coming from the FIEC side. So the director of the FIEC, John Stevens, mm -hmm. um, he, uh, he, I've often heard him say that preaching, when the Bible uses the word preaching, mm -hmm. it's to non-Christians. Mm -hmm. When the Bible uses the word teaching, it's to Christians. So preaching is never used in the Bible in regard to teaching or in regard to like a church service or, um, uh, you know, teaching Christians. Mm. It's, it's always heralding to non-Christians. Mm -hmm. And therefore, what we're doing on Sundays isn't actually preaching, it's teaching. Mm. Um, and if you wanted to preach, you kind of go out in your soapbox, um, right. you know, in the, in the market square kind of thing. Yeah. So I wonder what your thought, your take on, on that yeah. was. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, at some level, at some level, it's 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 um, there's something good there in that you know I wouldn't want to you know if you think about the seeker sensitive sort of thing where hey you know go get fed somewhere else churches for unbelievers <laughs> you know and, yeah um, yeah and so certainly I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to you know say that it's a Sundays for evangelism and whatever that means you know um, yeah. And I think part of the problem is just that, you know, while it might be true that certain words emphasize certain practices, you know, um, in in terms of the way the word is is um, uh, communicated or or administered, um, it's all part of the same thing. That's you can't you can't dis, you can't. It sort of it comes it comes down to also like you know similarly, uh, or an approach that would that would fall into a similar problem is hey the gospel is for unbelievers and doctrine is for believers you know so yeah, we, we exactly. enter in through the gospel and then we kind of get into the good stuff and and look again what at at best what that's saying is don't just you can't do four spiritual laws for the rest of your life you've got to like learn yeah. about other stuff and and you know at that level amen um but at its worst what it means is that there's this rigid division between you know uh how god saves us and how we do sanctification and you know that yeah. will then be connected to the way the two communication types are administered so i think if you if you sort of deal with those underlying issues you get rid of the problem in that um no the, the gospel yes at different i mean the gospel expands in our understanding and it it deepens in our perception but it's it's always the gospel that's going to be there as both saving and sanctifying us so you got to preach the gospel every sunday and so that lessens the tension of whether this is for believers or unbelievers because they both need the same thing um, mm. and then the question is well how do you preach the gospel <laughs> do you teach it or do you preach it um well you know obviously there is there's no way to talk about the gospel without that heralding scenario and um and certainly um that that needs to be um 
uh, th- there's no question if there are unbelievers present, that would be the, the, the best way for them to hear it. Um, but it's also true that the best way for believers to hear the gospel is to hear it the way they heard it the first time, um, except with a deepened understanding, which would require a teaching element. And I just think about the way it works, you know, just on a completely pragmatic sort of level now. Um, you know, just thinking about last Sunday, I mean, I, you would know this as well. I mean, you just basically, there are moments where you're heralding, you know, yeah, <laughs> and, and there are other yeah. moments where you have to break down some pretty technical stuff uh, mm-hmm. in order to get there. And and so I think basically that's, if you are on a soapbox, you are going to be less inclined to the technical detailed breakdown because obviously people have not yet committed to hearing you at that level. Um, but um, at the same time, um, you know, if you... If you are in a church service where people are wanting to hear the word exposited, um, it, it's not like they're signing up only for teaching and not the heralding, you know. Um, and so I think I think it's just all both different emphasis to we got to make distinctions without separating that sort of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I guess the the kind of slippery slope thing mm-hmm. is that if you do sort of say what we do in church is teach, not preach. Mm-hmm. Then the question becomes: Well, then can you just replace monologuing with dialoguing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, you've got to be really careful with word studies like that. Mm. You know, oh totally. Um, yeah, because anybody who studied languages knows it's just it's just uh, it's not quite an exact science in that way. Mm-hmm. And so you do you do have to be careful of that. You also just have to be careful about about the context of that. So sometimes when we're assuming that it's to non Christians, that's right. Yeah, um, we we actually aren't. It's not quite so clear cut. So mm-hmm. um, you know when Paul is preaching, um, or when. Uh, any of the apostles are preaching they're normally doing that in a synagogue con- context mm-hmm. and is is that actually um is that actually to an unbelieving crowd or a yeah. believing crowd you know right, it's a bit exactly. of a, it's a bit of a gray area when yeah, you're talking about yeah. a synagogue because um at that point it's assumed that everyone in the synagogue will believe in the messiah it's kind of shocking that they don't mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and so everybody there is educated yeah religiously in the jewish scriptures so it's it's a if it's it yeah it it would it would not be quite so clear as to believers unbelievers you know um so i think we're just gonna be a little bit careful can't be too too dogmatic too Mm. precise about that kind of thing um uh, especially if we're kind of reading into um into that sort of new covenant theologies Mm, mm. uh, which is what what he does so uh, i think he sees it as being a change from old covenant to new covenant thinking about you know how preaching changes to teaching kind of thing yeah um and uh, but at the same time like you say you know there is some good to it and uh it's probably a helpful sort of caveat to have that actually it's 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 possible to herald both outside and inside the church doesn't have to be on a Sunday. Doesn't have to be in a church context. But at the same time, you know, again, it goes back to that theology of preaching, yeah. um, which I think, if you're looking at it from a biblical theological point of view, you're seeing that actually preaching in in church life is a is a reenactment of God speaking to His covenant people. And I think you, um, if you don't if you don't have that, then this kind of thing really just becomes. Um, you know, it's it starts to become 
an argument based on sort of thin evidence. Whereas if yeah. if you're rooting it in a in a developing theme throughout the scriptures, actually, then it becomes a, a bit more forceful. Uh, yeah, and even even just the covenant people thing, you know, all th- all throughout, it's been a mixed congregation. You know, yeah, totally. it, it's never yeah. been you're preaching in heaven to the elect, you know? Um, yeah. And so that, and, and even, even if you, you know, take a, like a, a more Baptist view of church, yeah, um, which we thing. do, yeah. it's same thing. And also um, the a Sunday gathering is a public gathering mm. either way. Either way. So, so it's, it's a public gathering of God's covenant, which means it's always to put it like somebody has done. It's family expecting guests. Yeah. So, and, and it's, you know, it's in, the way it should be too. It's not like we're just yeah. coming at that from a, well, this is the way it best works, but that's, that's, that's the right way to do it. Yeah. You know, so that, that exactly. means the and kind in, of preaching in Corinth, gonna... clearly Paul anticipates you know, when he's yeah. when he's doing the whole thing about tongues, tongues yeah, he's yeah. anticipating there's going to be loads of unbelievers mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. So therefore, tongues isn't going to make any sense to them. You know, totally. his whole argument hinges on the fact that it's a mixed gathering. So yeah, it's not so clear cut. No, totally. Um, it reminds me a lot of the whole. Um, you know, what do you call them? Pastors or bishops or you know elders or Presbyterian. You know, <laughs> what, what do you do? Because you know all those different Greek words oh, yeah, are used yeah, yeah, for yeah. the one office. And I think that's what that's the whole deal with preaching. It's just if it wasn't there, if it wasn't if it wasn't communicated at some level that there was a teaching aspect to preaching for the Lord's people, I think we would be in mm-hmm. danger of just you know losing depth in preaching. You know, there is a yeah. place for deep theology yeah. in preaching and um, and instruction and cerebral action. You know, so to speak. And um, and if 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 those guardrails weren't put there, then um, I think we'd fall off the edge. But yet, the same same is true the other way around. You know, we could. It's not a lecture. There is something different about it, and the, the difference is precisely the heralding aspect. Um, in that you're you're working towards a point where you're basically saying this is what the word of God is. You sit down and listen to me, and I'm going to ask you for action on this. You know, um, mm-hmm, believe, mm-hmm. repent, believe, and and uh, or. or you know, uh, bring your life into accordance with, with this uh, truth. So yeah, I mean, there is, there is, uh, those are the two elements that you're working with. So I think it's just, uh, they need to be there and uh, you don't want to shrug away from that stuff. And it's a, it's a helpful point to highlight, but um, yeah, just to separate without distinguishing those things are, are massive. Yeah. 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 Um, there's this one text. Um, How then will they call on him uh, in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And this is Romans 10, 14. Mm-hmm. And, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? And one of those things I um, um, I love about those texts, I don't know if you know this, but the whole, you know, the preaching of the word is the word. Um, uh, and and relating this to, to God speaking to his people through the preacher. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, one of the, the, I mean, the ESV goes with, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard, but really the text, you know, underlying that, and usually they have a footnote in the ESV or something, uh, saying, uh, it could say, or him whom they have never heard, um, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is so, so powerful. I really wish they would change their translation and just, just sort of make that more clear, but it's just, there's a good, good connecting point to, you know, what God yeah. is doing through preaching. I mean, he is speaking um, through the preacher yeah, who, certainly. who exposes the word writing. Yeah. yeah. And also faith comes by hearing. Yeah. yeah faith is, same, same passage. Yeah. Totally. Bring it back to the kind of audio vibe. There's something about hearing and, and responding hearing. to what we hear. 
yeah, and hearing through the word of Christ. Yeah, totally. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, cool. So preaching's important. We like it, and it's special. There's something different about it, and uh, yeah, it's different. We're yeah. all about word ministry. Go for your life, you know. Do whatever you need to do in any sphere, in any place, any time. Open the Bible, get get into it. But yeah, yeah. just don't start. Repl- don't don't lose that distinction. Um, yeah, and 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 also listening to a sermon online is not the same as being there because it's about the ministry of the Spirit. That's that's the key thing. That's you know? the key thing right there. Yeah, it's what it's the means of grace. It's what God has promised to do through His preached word on the Lord's day, which makes it sacramental. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't even know if we mentioned what video you were talking about. Who was the guy who was speaking? It was an Australian guy. He's an Australian. It's all the Sydney Anglicans. Sydney. And oh, I can't remember his name. Oh. Th- oh, hang yeah, on, just, hang on. We've got to sort this out. Yeah, oh. I can't remember the guy's name. I mean, to be fair, I've been engaging with this for quite a while because uh, before this chap came along, William oh. Taylor, oh. you know, he's been saying it for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely crazy. 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 Like oh, his name was John, His name was John Woodhouse. John Woodhouse. Now John Woodhouse is is a is a good scholar. Is he? Yeah. Doesn't sound so good to me. <laughs> Just put him in the category of Lane Tipton. Okay. John Got Woodhouse. It. Got it. I know what to do with him. All right. Preaching <laughs> is not a sacrament. St. Helens.org.uk. Um, resources video forward slash 30 forward slash question mark FBC. You're not gonna you're not gonna follow that up by you, but if, if you're interested, <laughs> forward slash question mark F B L I C D equals one W A R. So not the most nifty URL, I gotta say. But anyways, maybe go in via the back door. John Woodhouse. Preaching is not a sacrament. Surely you'll get something. Um, but there we go. Check it out. We disagree and yet agree and all that. All right. Awesome. Thanks, bro. Hey, no worries, man. Appreciate Happy to help on this Two Kingdoms Tuesday. Yeah. Well, enjoy because that was the last time ever. <laughs> um.